The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us again as we take a few minutes today to look into God's Word. Uh, If you're following along with us, we are again in the book of Matthew chapter 23. As we are studying the life of Christ through Matthew's gospel, we are working our way through the last week of his earthly ministry before he goes to the cross and before his resurrection. There's a few things after, but his primary earthly ministry ends there. The rest of it is really kind of preparing uh, his followers for his ascension, and then their earthly ministry. Uh, so we pick up in, in verse number 23 here, just a moment, uh, Jesus is making a confrontation to the scribes and Pharisees. He's seeing, he's got questions, he's recognizing uh, the reality of what's happening, of the fact that they are going to be the great deceivers. They are the great deceivers. And so he's helping to confront them straight on. He's helping those around to recognize uh, the inaccuracy of what's being said. And so he goes right at some of what they do. And today, we're going to look at a section where he confronts them. And frankly, it's something that I find intriguing because while it is extremely true of the scribes and Pharisees, and I and I will say, I believe all the Bible's relevant. There, Every once in a while, there's something that you see that you say, you know what, I just see this a lot today. And I'll be honest with you, what we're going to look at today, I have a tendency to see a lot today. I see it a lot in the religious realm, and uh, we'll break it down what, what what I mean by that as we look at this. So look at Matthew chapter 23 again, verse 23. The Bible says, Woe to you, Jesus is speaking, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin, and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faith. These you ought to have done, without leaving the others undone. Blind guides who strain out a gnat and swallow a camel. Let's just start with that first section real quick. He really talks about the idea. He starts off, you pay tithe of men. He goes, you are paying 10% of what you need and everything. He goes all the way down to your spices and things that you use and going above and beyond what was necessary. Very typical to what the religious elite of the day did in that day. They took a rule and they went further with it. They kind of went way further than God ever intended it to by tithing on even some of the extra things that weren't necessary. Uh, He goes, but then what you did is you ignored uh, the more important matters, the weightier matters of the law. He specifically said justice, mercy, and faith. So you hold attention. So then he goes on to say, I think it's great. He goes, you've blind guides, you strain out a gnat, swallow a camel. The idea is we choke at something that is so small, but yet somehow we're able to ignore the, uh, the bigger deal. Now, here's the premise. When somebody, I've seen, when somebody doesn't really want to follow God's word, And there could be a myriad of reasons behind this. This sometimes is going to be a religious leader who really wants to have his own opinion. They're not following scripture. They're trying to create a movement or they're trying to, can I say this? They're living a life they know is wrong. So they're going to point out things in scripture that aren't that big of a deal. They're going to make a big deal over nothing so that nobody points out the real important stuff. Uh, This will happen if somebody comes to church, somebody in church that generally doesn't want, they know they're wrong, they don't want to get right with God, and so they don't want to talk about the things that really matter, that are truly important, but they make a big deal about something that doesn't matter. We as preachers often use a comment or ask, when I hear, when I listen to podcasts and hear conferences, the question comes from other preachers, what hill are you willing to die on? It's really the question that often comes. And here's the point, there are certain things 
in the ministries as pastors that we are going to have to stand for. We're going to have to be willing to fight for. We're going to be willing to say, I'm willing to, I don't want to use the phrase die in that hill, but I'm willing to, to, this is a position. I will stay here. I will stand strong. I'm not going to move. And, you know, whatever happens, it's up to the Lord. The question comes down, what are the things we're willing to stand for? I would say this, if we're going to take a position we're willing to stand for, it definitely needs to be a biblical position, not what we'd call a preferential position. There's a lot of different opinions when you go from church to church in a lot of areas, and some of it is doctrine. Some of it is the Bible says this, and this church has chosen to ignore what the Bible says. It fits their denomination. It fits the culture. They've ignored that. That stuff is doctrine. Okay, can I go to Scripture and say it? Okay, we stand strong on that. What happens, though, is a lot of people are dying in hills with the Scripture, and in many occasions, says nothing. Their position fits their denomination. Their position fits a preference or what they want. But the Bible references nothing truly about that position. Um, and then there's, excuse me, some in the middle. Some in the middle where, you know, somebody calls some gray areas and, you, you know, and different pastors will hold different positions. In that area, there is a little more leeway where you say, this is where I stand, I can hold. I'm really looking at the idea that I have found, and it's been my experience. And let me take an example. When I hear a preacher and it seems like they're just overreacting over something that God didn't even make a point to mention at all in Scripture, and that it's not long after you find out that person's in sin, that person's been in sin for a while. It is amazing how when somebody is in sin, they want to, what they do is they want to deflect attention away from what they're doing to things that don't matter. And here's the problem, because they're making a big deal over a small preference, they actually find some people look to be super spiritual. They look to be super spiritual because they're making a big deal over something. And that's what these guys did. They made a big deal about the tithe, which they could do. They had the money, tithing over little things. But when it came to what the Bible says about, what, what did he say, about justice, mercy, and faith, they didn't want to talk about because they were not following that. So if we make a big deal about what people can see, the reality of what needs to be happening, we can ignore. And I see this so often. They continue on. Not only is there the weakness of truth, then they go through and they make everything about looking good on the outside. He says in verse 25, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you cleanse the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of extortion and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisee, first cleanse the inside of the cup and dish, and the outside of them may be clean also. So he references a dish you would use or a cup. Can you imagine coming up to a cup you want to use and fill with water, refreshing water, and you're really thirsty, you're hot, you walk up and you see a, a clean cup, you pick it up, the inside's filthy. Well, that's the, you know, you're not going to use it because the inside's what matters. They were really, they, the Pharisees made a big deal about looking good. They dressed a certain way. They acted a certain way. Uh, they had an outward appearance that looked super religious. And in many times, what happens is when we don't want to follow Scripture as God attends, the true inside, we don't want to change our heart. We don't really want to make a change inside where God is at, what the Bible says. You know, the Bible says the Word of God, it breaks down to the thoughts and intents of the heart in Philippians. It gets down, or uh, deep in to our heart. It breaks down. What's the difference? I, the Word of God is quick and powerful. That's actually Hebrews. It's right down into the truth of what's really going on. Since we don't want to deal with the truth, we make a big deal about the outward appearance, and we look good, but we never have to get beyond that shallow Christianity. Uh, he continues to say something similar. Woe to you, verse 27, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which indeed appear beautiful outwardly, but inside are full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. Even so, you also outwardly appear righteous to men, but inside you are full of hypocrites and lawlessness. 
Now, here's the intriguing part. Here's what he said. They go out, so they go out to these sepulchers, these buildings that uh, their bodies of other people have been buried after death, right? And they, they paint it, they, they make the outside beautiful. But then you walk in, what's inside? Death. And it's, it's just the fact that there is the bones of the remains of somebody who's passed away. And it doesn't make a difference how beautiful you make the outside of that sepulcher, outside of that house. The inside is still just death. Same idea with it. And it's just two pictures of here's the point. Hypocrites, and this is legitimate truth of hypocrites. Everything is about what it looks like on the outside. But in the inside, we're struggling. We're struggling with sin that we're living in that we don't want to deal with. We're regarding iniquity in my heart. We're hiding it. Uh, we're struggling with our unwillingness to reconcile with other people. By the way, sin. Don't get me wrong. We'll blame them. We'll become the victim, things like that. But it's still sin. Um, I know a lot of people like this. I'll give you an example. They make a huge deal about little preferential differences, but a lot of them won't even attend church. They don't even make a church. The point is this, and we can debate on attendance and how often. Let me tell you this. Jesus died for the church. He is the bride of the church. He is the cornerstone of the church. How do we consider not attending church to be something of importance if this is the entire premise of how God intended to make it happen? And he says in Hebrews, assembly is important. And that's what we do. We make a big deal about small things, but the real important things don't matter. So I guess we come down to this question. One, if you see religious leaders and they keep ranting and raving, now please understand, if you're ranting and raving on doctrine, stay with it. But if you're hearing somebody, they're ranting and raving over preference. And you got to be careful. Is it preference? Is it scripture? Some people like to say, well, that's your opinion when the Bible's very clear. So is the Bible clear about this? And do they stay on scripture? Or are they spending a lot of time ranting and raving over things that don't matter? When I say don't matter, it's, it's, they're not in scripture at all. They're their opinion. Uh, they sound a bit idiotic. So that's why the more we get to know scripture, we know more we know they're not. Here's what I challenge you to do. With my teaching, with my preaching, with anybody who preaches and teaches, what I challenge you to do. Compare what you heard to scripture. Study, read, read what you're hearing, read what they're saying. Is what, you're, what they're saying fit the scripture they're reading? Does what they say fit other scriptures? Uh, the Bible does not contradict itself. It is its great own commentary. So is what they're saying fitting other scriptures? Is what they're claiming to live and do and not to? Does it fit scripture? Are they taking scripture out of context to create a law that doesn't exist? These are the things you need to find out about. What does the Bible really say? And I've learned that, and that's the key. So we go back to the, the purity of scripture. What does the Bible say? What does not live? What does it not say? Follow and live what the Bible says. And the differences, let people have those differences. That's fine. But we're not going to judge people. We're not going to separate over those things that really the Bible says nothing about. Well, thanks again for joining us today. We appreciate the privilege to be part of your day. Hope it's been an encouragement. Uh, stick with us as we continue one more day as Jesus is scolding these religious leaders. We can learn a little bit about the heart of Jesus as we look at how he find, makes a point to confront these false, these fake, these blind religious leaders. Thanks again for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you again tomorrow.